You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. You're now listening to The Jillian Michaels Show. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah! I actually have a couple of things I'd like to talk about. Okay. All right, I got to put this one delicately because it can surely come off as <laughs> insensitive. What a shock uh, and out of touch. <laughs> um but it's actually about money, and I, I think we start out the new year, and of course we have goals, and I think that's wonderful, and we set our New Year's resolutions. Um, but so often I find that people really allow uh, their financial status, their amount of money to affect their beliefs about their value, uh, about what they contribute, affect their self-confidence. I also think that People feel like when they have money, they're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I do because I've been there. You know, I, I have been there in my life. And, you know, they always say, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. And you think, yeah, that's sure because you have it. Sure. And to a certain extent, I, I want to say this. There's no doubt that not having to worry about if your car breaks down and, think, you know, <laughs> living paycheck to paycheck. Like when you're in survival mode, oh, my, there's no worse feeling in the world. None. And the thing is, even when you have money, by the way, you believe it or not, you can be affected and go on a survival mode. You absolutely can can because it's the same kind of problems. They just have more zeros on the end of them. So, for example, you know, you might think I'm going paycheck to paycheck. I could get fired. But let's say for me, it's like someone's out trying to ruin your reputation and you think, oh, my gosh, I'll never work again. Or, you know, you've got someone suing you for multiple millions of dollars because they slipped on your driveway and who knows. So while, while I, you know, you go, oh yeah, your car breaks down and you, you know, it's not a drop in the bucket. The reality is that you do, you can go into survival mode no matter what your financial status. Right. Um, it just, it, you know, for people that have more money, the catastrophes that occur in their life have more zeros on the end. Mm, uh, with, with that said though, I appreciate that having enough to feed yourself and feed your family and have a roof over your head without laying in bed with those daily stresses is a massive quality of life. It is, period. Because I, I actually know what it feels like when I've had money and when I haven't had money to feel like you could lose that security. Yep. And there is no doubt about that. But I think if you go, well, you know what? I'm making ends meet. I'm making ends meet. You know, I'm safe. I can eat. I can pay my mortgage. And you, you know, you're okay, but you're not like, wealthy or you're not driving you, know, you drive a forty thousand dollar car you don't drive a hundred thousand dollar car you you have a sweet little home but you don't have a mansion in the hills okay so this is kind of what i want to address because if let's presume you're out of survival mode and you really think like money's gonna make you happy mm-hmm. having 
played all of that out up until now in my life. I now know why the richest man in the world still lives, or I don't think he's the richest man in the world, but Warren Buffett, I think he still lives in the same house that he's had for a gazillion years, really? and he drives a pickup truck. And let me tell you, I, just to give you some perspective, what money does buy, for better, we talked about some security, but also for worse. So the first thing with money is you've got more money, you've got more problems, and that's the truth. You have a target on your back. You end up purchasing things you don't need that end up consuming your life while you try to maintain and manage them. And we've had shows about that where it's like, oh, my gosh, I I just drowned myself. And by the way, you go and you buy the watch or the handbag that you think you want, that handbag that you have to have. And you know what? That's not – there's going to be another handbag next season that you have to have. And it's not going to make you feel any better or any more satisfied. And I definitely went through a lot of this in my 30s where I thought, like, if I had the right bag and I had the right car or cars and I was able to put on the right airs and wear the right designers and, like, just reek of money for the – not for the masses, but – in town yes, yeah, yeah. of keeping up with the Joneses sure. and putting on appearances that it was going to make me look more successful. It was going to command more respect. And you know something? It did none of those things. None of them. Seriously? Even in this town? Oh, even God. in this town, which is no, made make, up of... Here, let me tell you something. Now that I have gotten to the very... A place where I'm like, all right, I've, I've, I've had money for a while now. I... Oh, gosh. I... Think of all the things I bought that wasted so much of my time, mm-hmm. that made me so miserable. Vintage cars I thought were so cool that would break down and leave me stranded <laughs> on the side of the highway. Right. I, I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, all of this crap that you amass that you you don't know what to do with, and you're constantly fixing, and you're constantly having to maintain. And it means nothing, and it makes you look like an insecure idiot. And I'll tell you, when you, you've you been there, and you've had the watch, and you've had the car, and you've had the this, and you've had the that, you start to realize it, it will lose. Here's the interesting thing. It, it loses the magic to you because you go, well, I had that watch, and nothing. Nothing changed. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And you start to realize the stuff that does. Yeah make you happy because now you've got something to compare it to and I'll tell you here are the things that you have that are the very most valuable a a friend or two that cares about you period if you can count one or two friends that genuinely care about you that you oh my god you're rich beyond words rich beyond words people are your most valuable I don't want to say asset because it makes a person a thing, but I don't know how else to say it. People, relationships are the most valuable thing. And I look now at like Autumn mm-hmm. or Cody. And as crazy as that sounds, it's like, oh, you're, you're assistance. It, I, I cannot even – somebody I can count on, somebody I can trust. That's what they are to me. They're people that I can count on. They're people I can trust blindly with my home, my children, my animals, my finances, having the ability, my close friends, like I have a few that I, I know I can be truly myself. I can be down and out. I can have nothing. I can be a mess and they will still love me. Heidi, I had a dream the other night that I was falling off a cliff and she was keeping me from falling. Mm. She was holding me and I woke up and I was like, I was going to tell her. 
because I thought it would actually make her feel better because she always feels like you don't need me, you don't need me. And then, of course, the kids got in the way and I never got to tell her. But I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. I really guess I do see her like that. Mm-hmm. And I just look at these relationships in, you know, my they transgress the title. Oh, my but God, you know the I mean? money. Yeah. And, and I, I ended up, yeah. we got rid of everything. The houses are really nice. Like, I, I like to spend money on my homes because we live there. Mm-hmm. I spend so much time there. And I have, we have two. We have a farm and a beach house. Yep. That's it. I was like, we're not taking on anything else. We got rid of everything else. And I have a car. I have a little Tesla. And I, I love it. It's like, it's not a super expensive car. But it has room for my family. It's fast. It's kind of neat looking. And it doesn't use gas. Makes me happy. And I got Heidi whatever car she wanted because I'm not going to tell her what she can and can't have. So I got her whatever she wanted. And we have a little Passat for the, for the kids and, and the nanny to drive around. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. All the other cars. Like, I got rid of all of it. The watches. And I'm telling you, after having had it, it your life's not going to change. You think it will. And you're like, oh, I'm going to be so happy. Oh, this is going to be. But it's not. And what matters the most, I promise you, having been to the other side of this, all the way through the experience and to the other side of it, is what are you going to truly take with you, say you pass on, like the love you've had in your life, the trust you've been able to have in your life, the connections you've had with others. As long as you can pay your bills and you can feed yourself, it doesn't matter what car you're driving. The car gets you from A to B. If you can get from A to B safely, you're winning, man. It's, you know, it's, it's... It's not the bag you have, it's the relationships you have. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but very much so. Having and by the way, having been able to buy people in my life close to anything. I mean, I've bought my mom a car, I've bought Heidi, you know, whatever. You gave I, me that bag. <laughs> I did give you you don't even know I'm about I don't know, vintage bag. Whatever. But I didn't buy that for you. You stole it from me. Anyway. <laughs> my <laughs> I love that bag. But my But the thing is, like, even you think, oh, just giving these huge gifts are going to make me so much more likable or so much more popular or... I didn't like you any better. I just really like the bag. That's exactly my point. (laughs) I'm telling you, though. And you realize, you start to realize, like, it's nice to give people things that they need or that they might, you know, they might need. And that feels really good to be able to do that. But honestly, I've done that, too. And I... I've seen Heidi happier about a playlist I've made her than mm. a motorcycle I had customized for her. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crazy, and you're thinking, oh, no, not my kids or not my significant other or not my – you're wrong. You're wrong. Take your kid to the park instead of buying them another toy, and I guarantee you, like, my kids don't even care about their toys anymore. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They just leave them to rot, man. They end up playing with, you know, the dog toy, and I think, how is this possible? We spent all this money on electric cars and iPads and all this crap, and they don't—they don't care about any of it. They would rather have me play with a three-cent balloon for an hour than watch an iPad. They really would, yeah. without even them realizing that's the case. So, I guess I just—if you're going into this new year thinking like money, 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 gotta make money, 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 money—I want you to have enough so you feel safe and you feel secure. But I also want you to remember, like having been there and done that. It really is more money, more problems, and driving a more expensive car doesn't make you a cooler person. It doesn't by any means. And having the expensive watch does not make you a better, cooler, happier person. It doesn't. Focus on what matters. Work on your connections with people and your relationships. And if you can, 
have a few people in your life, as I said, that you can trust, that you can count on. Yeah. Dude, you are wealthy beyond a compare. Wow. That's why you're still okay, even though you're poor, Janice. Yeah. No, I feel... What I'm really trying to do is make you (laughs) not ask for more money this year, (laughs) because you have me. Oh, I see. I uh, so so instead of, me, instead of me saying, "Hey Jill, you know what? I was I was thinking of talking to you about maybe you know it's time for don't be so materialistic. Don't be materialistic. Just to cherish our friendship. Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. Kicking ass. Oh, autumn started with kicking ass. That's Which you guys weren't supposed to hear. But to be honest, this segment is about kicking some ass. Really? It's about productivity. Oh, another good uh, another good start for the, for the new, new year. year. I know. Okay, this one's kind of brief. But it's about your morning, how you start your day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. How do you start your day so you're set up to be productive? And I was reading, I cannot, oh, we're going to get sued again. I can't remember <laughs> where I read it. Oh, God, well, later when you hear me go, when I said such and so about such and such, it was Dr. So-and-so. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I don't remember, unfortunately, where I read it. But it was a whole thing about how to start your day. And uh, this guy was talking about how the first thing we do is check our emails and our text messages very often. Hmm. Who does that here? I do. I've stopped doing that. Oh, oh, the nerve. You're supposed to say yes. No, it's the wrong but thing to do. Only, but- I know, but only in the last like month, really. I don't do much first, but Michael actually got really upset with me. because He's like, first thing you wake up is you check your phone mm. yeah. and it starts your day off. And I'm like, oh, well, I have to make sure nothing's happening. <laughs> and he's like, nothing's happening at seven. That couldn't happen at 7.15. So I take the dog pee first. Mm. I get up, throw some slippers on, take yeah. the dog out to go potty, and then check my phone. Well, you're still wrong. I mean... You're still wrong. And oh. just to be clear, this segment doesn't apply to you. You need to check every hour <laughs> on the hour through the evening to make sure I am okay. Poor Autumn. She's, you know, you know what I love about Autumn is she digs and she's opening up the, the, the onion. She's peeling the layers of the onions. You always got to put it right in back in its and place. You, you got to check it. And you just are. You got to keep it under your thumb there. Wrap that onion back up, Autumn. Yep. Yeah, you'll, never, you'll never break me. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, does anybody else do this? Since Autumn clearly doesn't anymore. Sorry. No, I, I do. don't do that. Well, you're a loser. Yeah, Jake. I I wake up yeah. and grab my phone and I spend a, a sad amount of time on it, like 20 minutes probably. As soon as you wake up. Yeah. The first Jake. thing. I check. I get. I wake up and immediately check my phone. Yeah. Jillian. Oh, I look right at it. I'm like, anything happened? And I feel terrible about it afterwards. Like I just wasted 20 minutes laying in bed looking at my phone. And sometimes it could turn into half an hour. Well, oh, you guys. What this guy's saying though about this is that you may have gone to bed with an agenda, right? Okay, tomorrow I have got to blah blah blah. Heidi is so guilty of this too. And the reason she, she knows she'll be like, I have got to call the doctor and make my appointment for my yearly checkup, or I have got, you know, I, and I listen to her because I'll be like, honey, have you blah blah, you know, taking care? And they're usually things things for her. And I'll be like, have you done, you know, this, that, or the other, or, because she's, you know, she doesn't have a job, 
so she has to like run the house and uh, take care of her health and deal with the kids and all that. You know, and for me, it's like I'll have work things that I want to do where I'm like, I have got to get through, you know, small group, uh, the manual for small group training for body shred. I want to finish this chapter on the pregnancy book. And so he, this guy says, you know, we all wake up and we check our phones and immediately our day is hijacked by someone else's agenda. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, I have had days where I'm like, I can't believe this. I, I planned huh. to get the chapter written. And sent, you know, as I'm, I'm working with uh, the same woman I wrote Master Your Metabolism with, because there's so much medical stuff in there. I'll send it to Mariska, and, you know, I'll have, it'll be like, oh, hey, Jill, Giancarlo needs you to, can you just do a quick lunch with the guys about a body shred boutique gym? And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Then after lunch, he's like, hey, I'm editing the infomercial for body shred. You want to just come by? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, like, and I'm like, oh, my God. And the whole day goes by and I didn't get anything done. Or, like, you'll wake up and there'll be 15 things. And this person sends you, hey, can you give me approvals on this? Hey, can you give me approvals on that? Hey, did you see blah, blah, blah. And by the time it's 3 in the afternoon, I'm just like, what happened to my day? Wow. And that stuff's not urgent. Like, I had stuff I needed to do and I'll have gotten nothing done. And so he says the first thing you need to do is – Start the day with your list of what you want to get done. You. What do you want to get done? What's on your agenda? What needs to happen today for you? And then check your emails and you can add those tasks into your list and prioritize which one is first. But make sure your list is pre-existing. That before anybody else says what's on your agenda, you've written out your agenda. And if their stuff comes after, then great. If there's an emergency, then you can bump it to the top of the list. Yeah. Now, another thing he says to do, and I thought this was smart. We talk about this all the time when we talk about goal uh, goal pyramids. But don't just write down, um, and he used this example, Monday's presentation. Because, like, okay, you got to do Monday's presentation. But you know, when we talked about goal pyramids before, it was kind of like saying I have 100 pounds to lose. And that can be so kind of overwhelming and you don't really know where to begin. And there are so many different things that need to happen there to achieve that. And it kind of makes people feel overwhelmed and scattered and they just kind of, woof, they lose their attention span. So he says, start everything on this to-do list with a verb. So, for example, uh, collect data for the presentation. Okay. Or um, uh, uh, let's see think about uh send uh pull research or you know whatever you get it like start everything with break it down into uh, like not lose 100 pounds sign up for spin class at blah 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 or whatever start it with a verb so it's it's a specific action it's detailed yes and you know what you're doing yeah uh and what i like to say is and you know when it comes to prioritizing i always said build that goal pyramid start out the top of the pyramid with the long-term goal and the time frame so you can say monday's presentation need it done in seven days and then you'd work backwards off of that of like okay you know what is the daily goal monday thursday you know monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday whatever and then what is the immediate goal that i need to achieve right now today to complete monday's goals but you you work backwards from the top goal in order of prioritizing i think we just get scattered 
and life gets in the way and we let other people's agendas take over and it'll be it's crazy like Heidi will have had you know three things she needs to do for herself and I'll be like well why didn't what happened well Phoenix was a wanted to go to the park or whatever I'm like babe I get it but like we I have a nanny so you can go to the doctor you know like and she's just, just like I have to always be there I am the mother I am the mother I am the mother and I'm like if you were a working mother you wouldn't be there there are times when the kids are going to be without you. It's crazy how she – and it's like for her, it's the way that the kid's agenda interrupts her agenda, the way that you know some other co-worker's agenda would interrupt your agenda. But So that's really – you know, start out your day with your list and your priorities. Then you can check your email. Then you prioritize your list and you break them down into verbs, tasks, details based on chronology. So you break it down. I think you know what I think you guys should do. Well, and Autumn doesn't need to because she's breaking this habit. Is a she's not. (laughs) She certainly is not. I will start ringing that phone off the hook at five in the morning. You guys leave your damn phone somewhere. Don't take your phone into your room. Why do you have to take your phone into your room? How about a nice pad of paper and a pencil? Emergency. I, I mean, I could speak for for my generation at least. I'd say most of us. <laughs> Not your generation. Well, you know, we're, we're all addicted to the social media. And before I go to bed, I look at Instagram and my Facebook and I do too, though. All I'm that a, stuff. I'm, I'm a, a Xer. Really? Yeah. yeah so you have it. Be, the so last Heidi. thing you put so to Heidi it. does too. Yeah. Heidi does too. Oh, she's a she's a millennial though. It, cre- it cre- makes it a little more difficult to sleep, too, i got to say. I mean, you're looking at your phone, and then you lay down. all your- Now you're thinking all these things you just saw, and you're processing all the information. But, I mean, it's just... You are. It's an addiction. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You sure are. And it's just what I do, and then I wake up, and I instantly grab it and look right back at it. And you know, I- and I'm conscious that I'm doing it, and I'm conscious that it's not good for me, but it's it's an addiction. Wow. That's so... Bu- it just, babe, yeah. start out with your list. That's the key. Your agenda, what you want to get done, and then you can let things hijack your day. And let me tell you, another thing to be so careful of, and this is so off subject, but when you bring up social media, the key word there is media. Have you noticed how the media can hijack your day and your thought process? Yes. Remember when we all thought we were getting Ebola and yeah. then it was suddenly not cool anymore? So it's just not in the news. Ebola is not by any means contained. But when's the last time you thought about it? Yeah. Look it yeah. up. It's not contained in Africa right now. But it's like, think of all the energy. I can t- cannot tell you all the energy I wasted thinking we were all going to get Ebola because the yeah. media told me we were all going to get Ebola. And I mean, I was yelling at Heidi. I'm like, I want you to use your hand sanitizer every single time you go to the blah, blah, blah. Where's your hand sanitizer? You know, I, I mean, oh, my gosh. It was crazy. I was, it, it just, I, I can't tell you how much mental energy I wasted on thinking I was going to get Ebola. Because the media was like, oh, my God, it's arrived in New York. Oh, my God, it's arrived. And look. Okay, you guys. Okay, Autumn's already working on this. You you two, you two, for one night, the next time we meet, that will for one night try not bring your phone into the bedroom and see what happens. That's not going to happen. Wouldn't that give you a little anxiety? Thinking about uh, what if someone needs me? I mean, oh my god! What if someone does? Yeah, then they have to wait till you wake up at seven. I have friends that that do call me occasionally and need something, or yo, please, I drank too much. Can you come get me something like that? And what if I was there? What if what if I was the cause of them? You know, maybe they're too stubborn to call a taxi and they just wanted to call me or something. You know, and then an accident happens or 
No, or okay. No, I no. Okay. I have to have uh, a phone. Gotta have it. it just, I also listen to my books on tape on my phone at night. And music. I was. I fall okay. How? Music have too. you ever heard you know, of a tape recorder? No. Yeah, they in 1970. They don't make those anymore. No, oh, no, I can't. You know what I mean? Like a, a pl- something that plays it instead of a phone. There's no right. such thing. An iPod. Exactly. Just an iPod. Who has? I don't have an iPod. No those are selling on eBay now. The, the classics There's are selling for like a thousand bucks. There's a lot of studies lately about how disruptive <laughs> really it is yeah. to have your phone in the bedroom. Like beyond just the social media thing, like the blue light, and it's it's causing, it is like causing anxiety because you hear that buzz. Well, what happened is my email would buzz. Yes. And on don't even disturb. in sleeping, That's what Heidi does to me. And Michael would say, he's like, I can see you in the middle of the night. Yep. You react in your sleep to the phone. You're not sleeping. <laughs> oh my God. And it made him really mad. And I was like, you twitch every time it buzzes. I believe that. Heidi Heidi wow. it was like, oh, my God. She, she would make me put the phone on do not disturb. And it would drive me insane. Insane. You have to do. It takes a minute though because you have to re- retrain your mind. Yeah, the, I put it on airplane. How much want to bet this woman doesn't answer the how phone? How about just turning it off? Do you guys no, ever turn the phone I use off? It for the alarm or if Why I do, doesn't she answer oh, her yeah. phone? If I know that I am gonna wake up early, <sighs> I don't want to necessarily get out of bed at six if I'm doing something. I'm your so. Oh, the nerve! Watch me text her. Ready? See, Add that did, to her. Ready? Did we just, did we just not <laughs> talk about this in show 200? Did we just not talk so about mad. how you hijack Heidi? Poor you, Heidi. watch this, you know, all caps. Oh, you're horrible. You know we're on the radio yeah. today. I'm recording today. Oh my gosh, she's horrible. Yeah. What a horrible woman. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. <gasps> all caps. Answer now what if she was feeling sensitive and she read that? Phone. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was productive. I thought this was interesting. I I saw this headline the other day. I was like, oh, do I really want to do it on their parenting segment? What if people aren't parents that listen and they'll be so bored and I'm not a parenting expert? And so I just kind of glanced through the article and it didn't really strike me so much as oh, this is how you should parent, it struck me more of like, oh, I was parented this way, <laughs> or these oh. things were put upon me or weren't put upon me, and I I thought it was kind of interesting. And uh, I was wondering if any of this, if you've ever experienced any of this. Okay. Okay, so the first one was, my kid is a chip off the old block. Like, the kid's just like you. No. None of that. No. Tomb? Oh. No way. No? Interesting. All right. I, uh, as a kid, I think there was there was definitely a little of that in in my household, not with my mom, but more with my dad. Um, but what they say is that it's our own narcissistic desire to control our kids and have them be similar to us, because differences arise, and when there's differences, there's separation, and people are uncomfortable with separation, because there's disappointment, you know, if they let you down, if they make a choice you don't like, if they, but when you say, like, a kind of, ah, it's a chip off the old block, or just like his old dad, or old, his mom, or whatever, that the, the problem is the kid doesn't feel safe to be who they really are. Oh, interesting. No, I, I definitely didn't experience that at all. Really? Mm -mm. There was definitely a little of that, and I, I felt 
pressure to be the way I thought my dad would want me to be. Oh, I felt that. I just, but I was never, I didn't think my dad really liked me until I was in my 40s, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I just, he didn't, as a kid, he didn't, I always thought he was kind of disappointed in me. Why? So I never, um, just because I wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't, you know, he just didn't. I mean, now, I mean, I, we developed a wonderful relationship in his later years, but I never thought he kind of liked me very much. That's sad. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's just, but, but don't forget, I grew up, you know, back in the 30s when I was a child. <laughs> no, seriously, I grew up in the 60s, right? So, you know, I grew up in the family where, you know, dad went to work, dad was just gone. You know, yeah. all day long came home. We all we all had supper together. You know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She yep. quit quit teaching and stayed home with the kids. And um, and I never really talked to him. You know, then he'd read the paper or we just he was the kind of dad that wasn't super involved involved with the kids. Yeah. My mom did everything. You know, had to do every had to be the mom and dad. And my dad was, but we, we we never wanted for anything. He provided. Don't, don't get me wrong. No, he provided with, and, and you know, financially, but um, but not really involved in us emotionally. Oh, that's that's worse though. Well, but but later on, but you know what? You forget about that because later on we develop this wonderful relationship. You don't. You, know? you don't forget about that. That's no, why. You, that's true. why you that's give why, those people money to be your friend. <laughs> no wonder. No, but I don't say that to dis- speak yeah, wrongly it, of him. But it's, it's just, not speaking wrongly of him. That's just sad. Wonder you're such a mess. <laughs> oh, Manis. The next one is. Oh no. Not, no, I don't. I guarantee you didn't get this one. Then uh, the next one is my child is so gifted. Uh, so like, have you seen this? Like, I'll see this a lot with people bragging about how their kids walked at two days old or they talked at four days old or they know their alphabet and it's like I do see that a lot and I kind of look I looked through the ID and I was like our kids are normal <laughs> like I mean and the thing is it's interesting they talk about like why parents do that and they think that part of it is like this evolutionary thing this desire to connect to your kid for your kid to be gifted or special and you know what I mean I look back at my life and you sort of do wish you know there is that weird little wish even, and it's like you know, we started Lou horseback riding at two. And I was like, aha, she'll for sure be an Olympian. And she loved horses. And now she's like, eh, pfft, doesn't care. You know, she's she likes animals. She's not a huge animal lover. My son is actually more the animal lover. But you had the sense not to keep pushing no, her, which she wasn't interested. Do. She wasn't it. She yeah. like, you know, she likes she likes to ride and whatever, but it's not her passion. She doesn't care. You know, I was hoping that because I always wanted to be good at music and I have no talent that, you know, she, one of, she'd be the next Alicia Keys. And, you know, again, so funny, too, because it, it's like Phoenix is more musically inclined. But I'm like, you know, she's not. I was like, well, by four, shouldn't shouldn't they be displaying some sort of special talent? And then I thought, like, I didn't have any talents. <laughs> I wasn't really good at anything. You know, I was never really. 
but I don't remember a pressure to be good at anything. My parents didn't. I wish there was a little bit more of a pressure. I wish they had gotten me in music. I wish I had gotten they had gotten me in something, mm-hmm. and I could have been exceptional at something. Um, but don't you think that's more of a kind of almost one-upmanship? With, sure, it's a parent thing. With Absolutely, yeah. and they say that's exactly it. They say that it's one of the worst things that you can do because it creates a false sense of success. Kids feel like if they're not exceptional or gifted or above everybody mm. else, then that they have no value. Right. And, you know, I look at our kids. I'm like, they're normal, man. They're normal kids. You know, no, they're not Mozart. They're not composing, you know, operas at four. Uh-uh. They're not even able to plink around on Heidi's keyboard without it sounding <laughs> like, you know, b- making my eardrums bleed. But it's like, they're normal. And it's so am I, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like... It just is what it is. It doesn't make them any less special or any less valuable. But, no, there isn't one talent that's like, whoa, so gifted. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so – I think it is It is our own desire or need to be special. And it's. it puts a lot of pressure on the kid. Uh, here's another one with the okay. youngest child. I was the youngest. All right. Well, like, he's still my baby. He'll always be my baby or she'll always be my baby. In theory, it says that um, in theory that the child has a hard time sort of growing up and coming into their own because they feel that the parent always needs them to need them. Oh and it, no, I never felt that. And is sort of infantilized by it. No, no, I never felt that. I was the only child, so I was never the baby. I wasn't really anything. You were. I haven't I mean, had half siblings, but I was 16 by the time the first one came along. It was my dad's kid, so totally different. Yeah, and you got your own set of... I can see Heidi doing that with Phoenix, though. It took forever for me to get her to stop calling him Baby and start calling him Phoenix. <laughs> I was like, sweetie, he's two and change. He's, he's 46, honey. Yeah. You have to stop. I have to stop. <laughs> you have to stop it, you know? Oh, my God. But then uh, the other one, this, I, this one I didn't get because I was the old, oldest, the youngest. But uh, the oldest, my oldest is a slacker, in quotes. That the expectation mm. put upon the oldest kid is the most extreme. My uh, okay, my father had that with my brother. He, there was a lot. Oh. There was a lot of pressure on my brother for sure. He got in more trouble for sure. My dad's family, my dad's oldest brother, had that a lot, mm. and he went banana shorts. But it's like huh. you you want to be careful with all the pressure. And you know what? I even see it with Lou. We do do it with Lou. Now that I think about it, we're like, Lou, you're the old. You know, you're older. You gotta set the example. Mm-hmm. So, like for oh, for example, if Phoenix does something wrong, then Lou will start doing it wrong, and we're like, "Dude, you're older. You know better. Come on now, help me out. Be the be the bigger one. Come on." And there is more pressure. He's the baby. Of course, he's gonna be doing X, Y, and Z. But you're older. You you don't do that. And oh God, we're such a holes. <laughs> Parents are the worst. They're just the worst. And it's like, because we're human, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, you do the best you can. But let me tell you, it's just enough to really put a dent in it. <laughs> Oy. All right. Here's one that's interesting. I think my mom had this, even though she swears up and down that, that she doesn't. But my child's weight is healthy when the child isn't a healthy weight. Mm. Because parents often don't want to admit that the kid isn't isn't necessarily a healthy weight because they think it's a reflection on their on their parenting skills um and they think that something has to change with their lifestyle 
So they're not being totally honest about how healthy their kid is or isn't. Mm-hmm. We were at, I picked up Lou from camp the other day, and they gave her this otter pop. I was so irritated. And I was like, come on, man. Because like an otter pop, is not, it's not like they gave her sugar and you're going, oh, come on, Jill. It's not. It's like everything awful. You know, high fructose corn syrup, artificial coloring, you know, all kinds of propylene glycol, like all kinds of crap ingredients. Like it's a poison stick, which, you know, it's not like, oh, I, you know, took some sugar and froze it. It's not even like that. It's, it's just all chemicals. So I looked at her and I was like, dude, I'm like, no. Uh-uh. I'm like, hand that over. That's just complete crap. I'm like, it's pure poison. I'll make you sick. And the poor thing wanted it so bad. And I was like, I'll take you right now. We'll go get a shake, okay? Because like, we'll go to the vitamin shop. And, I, and of course, there's more calories in her shake. But it's like banana, almond butter, dates. You know, it's... So I was like, I'll take you right now. Come on, we'll go get a treat. I'm like, but not this one. And I explained to her why. Well, there was this poor little kid who's a chubby standing right next to her. And she goes... And her dad's there. And she's like... I didn't even see the kid, nor did I reference being overweight. I just said, this stuff's bad for you. It'll make you sick. And she goes, it's okay, Lou. I eat this all the time. And she goes, this won't make us sick. And she looked at me. And I was like, you know what, sweetheart? I'm like, this is a conversation, you know, for your parents. And the dad was standing right there. And I wanted to be like, come on, man. She's chubby, you know, obviously. And she's sucking down this chemical sugar stick, like, be responsible. Step in Take here. her for something healthier. And again, I don't. I'm not saying you know don't let your kid have a treat. Our kids have treats all the time. And but it's like I make it a better version. And you know then go oh, go home and freeze some juice in the freezer. It's still sugar. It's still tons of calories. But if they're active, whatever. And or mix it with water. Freeze a little juice with some water. And it's gonna be way better. And it's not gonna cost you more. For goodness sake. Uh, here's another one. My daughter-in-law wants my advice. <laughs> oh, no, they my, don't. My mom, no. My mom never, never would her with her son-in-laws or brother. No. Oh, no, I see it would. a lot. I see it a lot with with um, friends and mother-in-laws. And, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oish. Yes. My mom would ask, if she was asked, if she was asked something, but Different. she would never, yeah. She would and never. It, it supposedly creates a lot of tension in a relationship. I can see that. I, yeah. Because it's like, you know, you're constantly getting feedback on how you should, how you should run your family and your household. Oh. oh. Yeah. And it's, you know. Who does that? Oh, my, are you joking? There's crazy ones out there. Yeah. Really? That's what they call the monster-in-laws sometimes. Yeah. Gotta have respect for the way you know your your daughter-in-law runs her household. Yeah. Wow. My mom tries not to get involved. She's like, goodbye. The minute she. It's better that way. Like if she My mom's respectful too of that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. John Carlo's uh, mother-in-law. Like if they start, if he starts with his wife, she's like, goodbye, you guys. She's she's really cute. She's Dominican. She's like, goodbye. I go. And she. <laughs> She'll leave. Huh. Just flat out. But, you know, yeah, you don't want to do that. Hmm. Yeah, All right, Manus. Well, there you go. Manus didn't get the uh, chip off the block one, did he? Or the um, gifted thing. No, my, oh. mo- my mom <laughs> My mom loved me very. My parents loved me. Both my parents did. They loved me very. I was very. I felt very loved. Not just because I wasn't the chip off the block, or you didn't feel loved until you were forty. I did so. Mm. I knew I was loved. That's not an issue. I don't think so. 
No, I was. You're paying people for friendship. No, but I knew all three of we knew we were loved. Okay. I'm very, I have no regrets about my, I don't, I have, I grew up in a... a Denial. No, I know you were going to say that. No. Okay. A couple of spankings I wish I never had, but that... <laughs> when we broke the tree playing Hawaii Five-O. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. no. We all got spankings. Uh-oh. Yep. I don't think that would do, do sp- did they say don't play on the tree? No, we were playing horsey horse. Well, we, no, we, 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 yeah, but yeah, but we never said anything. And as we were driving off to church, the tree fell over. We tried to ban- <laughs> we tried to put band aids around it. We snapped the tree in half, and it was a brand new tree. And so then we were playing before Sunday school, and they were playing. I think we we're it was either horsey horsey or Hawaii Five was when we broke the other stuff. We were playing horsey horsey, and we broke the snapped the tree, and we knew we were going to get in trouble because it was a brand new tree. So we tried to glue it with stuff back together, and as we all got in the car, <laughs> time for Sunday school, and we were driving away, and the tree went, ouch! <laughs> that was horsey horsey. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my God! But I do have an article. Okay. Yeah. I, I have, I, it, well, it's actually like a bazillion articles, one topic. Health benefits of sleeping naked. Believe it or not, it has to do with your hormone balance. And we've talked a lot about hormones and metabolism and immunity and anti-aging. And the reason is because when you sleep naked, it helps keep you cooler and allows your body to naturally regulate its own temperature. That may be the medical reason why, you, yeah, why yeah. your well, hormones Yeah, yeah. Keep listening. Keep listening. So apparently, if you get overheated, your cortisol levels can rise. Cortisol is your stress hormone. Okay. Right? Look, this is a stretch, but you got to bear with me. Uh, I've read it many different places. Right. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. I mean, driving traffic and your cortisol levels will probably be a lot higher, but I'm just saying, it says... By keeping your body temperature cool while you sleep, you can help keep your cortisol levels lower. And we know that cortisol adds to increased anxiety. It's the belly fat hormone. It can make you gain weight. It can cause cravings for bad food. So, right. Yeah. So apparently if you don't sleep naked, you could gain weight. Yeah. But, you know, do you sleep naked? Nope. That's not the point. This is <laughs> just... I'm giving you some tips. Ready? Here we go. Okay. I, I don't sleep naked because my children just walk into my room now in the middle of the night. It's a nightmare. What do you sleep in? Uh, oh, man. Now I sleep in a t-shirt and, like, underwear. Because at any given minute, at any given minute, at any time, Phoenix is now, he won't go to a bed. He insists on staying in his crib, even though he's two and a half. And he climbs out of his crib now, no matter how. We've dropped the mattress all the way to the floor. He still gets out of his crib. And then he comes into our room and he goes, I got out. Ta-da! <laughs> it dro- I want to kill him. And Heidi laughs. I'm like, do not laugh because you're encouraging him. I'm out. Ta-da! I'm up. Ta-da! That's his thing. In the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> so, yeah, I sleep fully clothed. Yeah, but you shouldn't sleep in underwear because you, you you, your giggy has to breathe at night. You can't keep it all uh, clothed in. 
You should get yourself a nice pair of pajamas. No, because then I'll get hot and I'll get. Uh, and well, you're not hot with way underpants on. Yeah, some no. loose or loose, loose. shorts. Yeah. No, loose. I like my underwear. No, no, oh. Mama, that's not good for you. I like them. You're gonna get a really. You're gonna have giggy problems. I Make sure they're any? all cotton. They are all natural fiber. I remember before we had kids, I actually still did sleep in underwear, and I. <laughs> Oh, man. I shouldn't even tell you this. When I was a little kid, I was so neurotic, I thought I was going to be abducted by aliens. Like, most kids have fears of monsters under the bed. Mine was aliens. And I always wanted to make sure that I had my underwear on in the event that I got abducted. When you went up to the mothership. (laughs) Because I didn't want an anal probe that I had read about in communion. How terrible. I'm serious. You know that those aliens give them anal probes. Haven't you read those books? And, And But you were worried about it at communion? No, there was a book called Communion. Oh, I was written oh, by I a guy. Like, I don't remember learning that in my CCD classes. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. There was a book when I was a kid called <laughs> Communion, and they made a movie about it, and it was written by a guy named Whitley Strieber, and he claimed that he was abducted by aliens called the Greys, and it's like this really weird, grayish, beige-looking face with black eyes, and, and these they... aliens abducted him and gave him an anal probe, and I remember just thinking, oh, this sounds awful. And I started sleeping in underwear, and I've never stopped. So if they abducted you, yeah, they'd go off the trouble to come to Earth, abduct you, and bring yes. you up and go, oh, oh crap, she, guys, she's she got underwear on. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta put this one back. Yeah. Yeah. She's got That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's, well, I'm just, yeah. Jake, you sleep in the buff, right? Yeah. Or, you, or boxer, if it's, if it's cold, I'll, I'll wear briefs, but I'll usually just wake up with them off and then just slide them back on when I get up to get out of bed. Well, there's another reason here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It also apparently helps to balance your melatonin and your growth hormone. So this is kind of interesting. You want to keep your sleeping environment below 70 degrees. Now, oh, hold on. Here's Heidi. Just a second. Oh, no. No. Honey. Honey. Yes? Do you remember why I sleep with underwear on? Why what? Why I sleep with my underwear. Why do you sleep with underwear? Yeah. Do you remember why? I, I don't know. Aliens! Oh, okay. I thought that's why you held on to, like, the bed when you slept. I do that, too. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell him, honey. Tell him. It's the truth. Tell him, honey. Tell him why. Do you think that way that you say from aliens, I guess. Thank you. All right. And doesn't that make sense to you? No. Okay. <laughs> I still love you. Okay. I love you. I love you. Bye. Yeah. I forgot that. I hold on to the bed, too. <laughs> Why? So when the beam sucks you up, you have something I'm to hold on, on to? Wow, okay. This alien technology apparently just can't get you off a of bed or your underwear off. And, and how long have you been going to therapy? Your it whole... started when I was really young, and I used to have a bed with bars, and I would hold on. <laughs> and so we got this one bed, and there were no... It was like a flat, flat backboard. Headboard. headboard. And I was like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And so Heidi had to get me. Have you seen my hand pillow? Oh, my no. God. I, oh my but God. I'm going to look for it now the next time I'm at the house. So what happened was 
Heidi took it's a pregnancy wedge pillow. The pregnancy yeah, yeah. they wedge under their tummy. Yes, yeah. But she puts it at the headboard so I can grab a hand pillow. So I feel like I'm holding onto the bed. <laughs> Sleep on my hand. Wow. You know, I at the beginning of this segment, I never thought we would get so in-depth into the mind and psyche of Jillian Michaels. Oh, wow. My, my hand pillow. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, that make, who com- knew? Who knew? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay, what's number three then? Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to sleep in an environment, though, that's below 70 to help maximize... Your growth hormone production, which fights aging and boosts okay. metabolism, yeah. and your melatonin. Okay. Yeah, which also helps to regulate, you know, prevents aging. They're both essential to good health. Yeah, that's important. Okay. Oh, okay. It also says it keeps your sex organs happier. The, the giggy. The giggy. Well, it says for men, it allows your testes to remain at a cooler temperature. Yeah, because you got to be, they can't get too hot either. And it's going to keep your sperm them. healthy and happy and functioning. <laughs> you don't want to cook those. And for women, the cooler and more airy sleeping conditions can help prevent yeast infections. Right. So, and auto, what do you sleep in? Are you boxers? Did you say boxers or, or no? Do you sleep in Not the nude? A... You sleep nude too? Mm-hmm. I don't have kids. There's no one in our house. We lock, you know, doors locked. I don't I don't have kids either, but I am in full pajamas. It just didn't get... Well, my thing is, if someone comes in and need to hit them, then I've got clothes on. Aliens! I don't think saying. I don't hang on to... Okay, I ain't hanging on to no pillow and worry I'm going to get anal probed. I just want to make sure I'm not robbed. Well, I have... <laughs> I share a home with a, a crazy person that I love, but I feel a little bit safer having someone else in the house. Right. You, I you, also have a pit bull... <laughs> and I do too. Now I have Duke, a Marine K-bar killing knife that oh, I sleep with. A killing knife. Oh my the war god! Knife. <laughs> god, look at the bubble. I'm learning about you guys. <laughs> I have a war knife beside my bed on my a nightstand. Knife. Oh my god, what are you in that that movie? What was it? Basic Instinct and Sharon Stone keep the ice pick under the bed. Yeah, that was a sex thing. No, this is just murder. This is just <laughs> protection. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. a robe nearby. So if I do have to get up, I don't want to run fleeing with all my bits out. I mean, I do. That's right. Have, you, I keep my shoes next to the bed. I have an exit plan. Yeah, but I, I also have a pitbull. And I'm actually anti-gun, but I will say we do have one in the house that I know how to shoot in a safe. It's like a fingerprint safe thing where you put your fingerprint on it and it's the only way it'll open. So, like, the kids can never get it. Wow. Even if they got older and, like, learned to code. There's no code. It has to be my fingerprint. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, yeah. Anyway. This has been Guns a really cool War Knives and Aliens. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well. It, well, there was Do more. they say all this on the internet? I don't think so. <laughs> no. So this way, when people try to sue us for plagiarism, I can say, no, no, no. No, 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 no. We talked about anal probes. Yeah, you didn't cover that. No. No. Is there any other tips on yeah, the reason yeah, why? Yeah, should, yeah. It so says the, because bit. skin on skin contact is the best because it releases a very important chemical called oxytocin, which is actually a big pregnancy thing. Oxytocin, because you hold the baby next to you when you're nursing, skin on skin, they say is really important. And it's the neurotransmitter that helps you feel those good feelings about yourself and your significant other. Other, It's a, the love hormone. It's a big deal, man. Have you ever seen those studies with... Uh, like monkeys where 
They've had a wire baby monk. This is terrible, actually. Oh, the baby the wire mother monkey oh. with the with the bottle. That's heartbreaking. And they'll man. go to the mother with no milk. That has like so it's a stuffed animal like or if, like a Fate with no monkey. milk. Yeah, and then the metal oh. mo- mommy with m- yeah. a bottle, and they will choose the warmth, the the skin on skin every time. Oh, yeah. I know it's terrible what things people do, but uh, it can make you feel happier and more free. Yeah. Yeah, you're free of your pants and your underwear. This is from lifehack.org, I'm reading. Just imagine the feeling of laying naked in bed. You're not wearing a constrictive bra. It's just you, sandwiched between two cool sheets. Who wears a bra to bed? (laughs) I did that for a while. Oh, no. My dad's uh, mom... Gave me a huge complex about drooping boobs when I was a kid. Oh, Heidi had to break me of that, too. It got so mad that I used to sleep in a bra. Oh, my goodness gracious, Jillian. Yeah. Wow. You you know, you've done, you've done a lot of work on yourself. I know. Hang on. I'm going to try her one more time. Oh, my God. It's easier, by the way. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear. What do you mean what when, you know? The next day? Your sleeping clothes. Oh. Who cares about what your look, sleeping not, clothes are? It's not are. answering now. Look, look, oh, do you blame her? <laughs> <laughs> My God. I'd like her to weigh in on this. Although I think we're done. Your call I'm just going to call and call and call no, until she leave learns her alone. They're that she needs to answer. They're doing things. With no the, more calls, no please. More <laughs> calls, please. Remember show 200? I'm going to try one more time. Anyway, does anything me. anyone have anything else to say? No, I'm just I, we've had gained a lot of insight into each other, and I think this is a good thing. You really should try out this hand pillow thing. Yeah, I'll be doing that right away. listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it 
It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>